What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. As always, have a great interview for you today with Shelly Mache and Bree Jones. And they are authors, they are speakers, and we really dive into how they have been giving back to their community, how they provide value to others. So first off, they get into their backgrounds, kind of how they started doing what they're doing now. And Shelly, she is a certified life purpose coach. And Brie is a deaf culture merger. So she's very involved with the deaf community. And Shelly does a lot of a lot of personal coaching. So know anything from she looks at the the struggles behind the struggles you know what's really going on that's preventing you from getting over whatever hump you have uh, to get over and Bree then gets into some misconceptions misconceptions about the deaf community and I think we even got into how she goes you you can't say things louder it's not going to help you know treat them like a normal human and so we talk that a little bit about the culture behind that and, and then we discuss their mother-daughter duo. So we get into how that works uh, when they're working together. You know, you hear the, the bad stories of friends and family working together and it goes south. So we dive in deep and ask how they make it work, how it's beneficial, and what kind of expectations and, and rules they each have to follow in that relationship. So Tim, how'd you like our episode with uh, Shelly and Bree? Yeah, I enjoyed talking to both of them. They were they were a fun time. Like, yes, I, I enjoy I enjoyed their relationship and how they were just they were kind of just joking back and forth with each other. They, I mean, they were obviously get, we had a serious discussion, but it, it was fun to see them kind of interact, and that just mm-hmm. that added another sense of entertainment and fun to the interview, which I enjoyed. Uh, Bree actually had to exit kind of halfway through the interview because she had an event that she had to to, to go do. Uh, so kind of the second half was focused on. Shelly and she kind of she really unpacks what a life purpose coach does uh she she explains how she truly connects with someone how she builds rapport how she's able to to quickly just establish that that bond between someone because it's it's a lot to ask someone to to reveal your deepest darkest secrets as as she she put it so it takes a special person to really build that bond so she explains how she does that which is there's a lot of lessons there that you can take in your life, um, whether it's in business or building relationships. And um, another part of the interview kind of talks about self-auditing yourself, like how, how, like how you can ask the necessary questions to see um, what you want to pursue in life, how you can improve. Um, and then we also ask her the question, like, how do you help someone take something that they're passionate about and convert it into something meaningful where they can provide value for their family um, and other things like that. So that was a very good uh, question that she answered there. And then kind of we end the interview asking her uh, how she wants to be remembered. Um, and then her biggest takeaways from her very uh, unique career, because obviously she's, she's doing a lot of things, with the speaking, uh, the authoring, the, the coaching. So kind of kind of asked her to summarize the biggest takeaway she's taken away. So. I know you guys are going to get a lot of good value from this, and you're going to get a few laughs, too. I know that. <laughs> so without further ado, Shelly Mache and Bree Jones. Happy to have you guys. Uh, thanks for joining the show. And... Um, I guess uh, for starting with our listeners, kind of maybe introduce yourselves, uh, kind of what you do, and then we'll get into kind of the story, how you got to where where you are today, what you did beforehand, sure. and, and I think we'll get into some good things here. So Sounds good. We ready when you are. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd say uh, 
maybe take it away. And I know you guys are a cool mother daughter duo. So maybe <laughs> give a little background who you guys are, what you do, and, and we'll go from there. Yes. Well, my name is Shelly Mache, And aside from being, you know, half of your favorite mother daughter duo over here, <laughs> I touch you. <laughs> I am also a certified life purpose coach and I'm a women's change agent. I do speaking and I'm an author as well. And so I get an opportunity to bring two things that I really love together, which is um, being able to be in the world of entertainment through working with my daughter and doing producing and writing. And then I get to really step into the lives of, of others and help them really be able to identify and walk in purpose. It's something that I'm very familiar with because it's a journey that I took myself. And it's just amazing to um, all of the different people that I have an opportunity to meet and help them walk into their purpose as well. So I'm merging two things that I love together. That's awesome. It's awesome. I guess it's your turn. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll take uh, turns here. Is she impatient? She impatient. <laughs> Are you done yet, Mom? I wanted to make sure that you were done talking. No, you just I like, can't. is it my turn? <laughs> okay, yeah, you done? Are you done? <laughs> Are your thoughts complete? Mom? Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, um, I'm Bree K. Jones, and I am a deaf culture merger. A lot of people think that I say deaf. I'm not saying deaf. I don't <laughs> work with dead people. That would make me a mortician. Um, so, as a deaf culture merger, what I do is I spend a lot of time merging the deaf and hearing community, spotlighting the different misconceptions that each community has of the other in hopes of building a bridge between the huge gap between both worlds. Because the hearing and the deaf community, they're completely different worlds. They complete, they operate 100% differently. And there's just a lot of misunderstanding on both ends. And so um, one of the ways that I do that is through entertainment. Um, about three years ago, I started a project with my mom called I Hear You, which follows five college students who become friends after being thrust into a class project. Three of those students are deaf, two of them are hearing. And there's a lot of conflict in their friendship because of culture differences and language barriers. But it's not exactly in each episode, but the whole point is we can still disagree, still be friends, still respect differences, mm -hmm. and still find similarities and the beauty in our differences. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then we are developing another project. I'm not talking like too, too much about it, but it's pretty cool. And, um, <laughs> What else am I doing? Well, he was just asking you to kind of introduce who you were. Oh. You you just laid it all out. Go ahead. Can it's you tell me how passionate about it? It all that? goes here. It all goes here. So. <laughs> okay, so that was just it. You just oh, okay. introduce yourself. And I'm, a little background. And my I think background, you gave that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sometimes funny. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I think I'm cool. Yeah, you were. Okay. I, I think work. I'm funny and cool sometimes too. So I'll get I feel. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awesome. And, and when I was uh, kind of looking guys up and, and what you're about, it seems like you guys really found a, a specific niche for yourselves. You found something that is really fulfilling and purposeful. So I'm interested kind of how you each started, you know, being a, a certified life purpose coach and then starting mm -hmm. with the deaf community. What, what really took you guys to that route? And was there exact moment where it's like, okay, this is not it, but I know this is my route. Like, what what did that kind of look like when you decided, okay, now I'm taking everything into my own hands. I have the control. I can make change. Mm -hmm. This is it. 
Well, you know, for me, I actually, I've been a speaker all my life without being a speaker, you know, so I was always that one that friends come to and ask for my opinion or, you know, something's going on and they'll ask how to work that out. Or I've always been this person that can make a plan for somebody else. Can't plan nothing for myself, but you put yourself in front of me. Oh, I can plan everything. <laughs> so I've always been that person. But my journey happened when, you know, I was married, I had two kids, and I found myself in the mirror, and I couldn't really describe who I was without the titles. And so I was sitting like in the mirror, I had decided to stay home and be with, um, be with my kids. I was coming from an entertainment background of working at a studio, but I was really sitting there like, okay, I don't have this job anymore. You know, like, oh gosh, where, where's the value? Where's the worth? You know, I was doing this and doing that and now I'm not doing that anymore. So who is Shelly? And so it really took me on a journey to kind of find out who are you when you're not the employee over here, when you don't work for this type of company, when you're not so-and-so's mom, who are you? And so I took myself through a personal journey to figure out who is this person? What are my likes? What are my dislikes? You know, um, when I was done with that journey, I actually sat back and was like, wow, I, I know other women you know, that are like me. We spent 20 years, you know, being moms or we spent 10 years being moms and, and, you know, being in a relationship. And now we have no idea of who we are. I began meeting women who had the same story that I did. And the whole thing was, okay, well, you guys try this for, for, you know, a few days or try this for about a month and then see how it makes you feel. And it really was like one step after another, after another. And just last year I decided, let me go and get my certificate, you know, um, and life purpose coaching. I've been doing this my, my entire life and I've been speaking and all of this. Let me go and get those credentials and do something else for me so that I can do something more for the people, you know, that I'm serving. And that's really how that came into play. Thank you. Thank you. Did you enjoy that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your story. <laughs> What made you become a deaf culture merger? I mean, I, was, I would say similar to you. It was just one step after another. Um, American Sign Language has always been a part of my life in one way or another. Vers uh, rather, it was me being three and four trying to teach myself the alphabets and the joy of signing, really old book, all the way to, you know, uh, me taking my first ASL class as a foreign language in middle school, and then all the way to me being in college and taking it up again for a foreign language. So it's always been a part of my life, and it's always been something that I've been intrigued with. It's always been a language that I thought was beautiful, uh, but it wasn't until my junior year of college that I really started learning about deaf culture, that there is a such thing as deaf culture, learning about deaf history, learning about a lot of the uh, social injustices, learning a lot about the ADA laws that came into place because of a lot of people with disabilities and people who are deaf fighting just for equal rights just to have access to the same information mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. and I have. And so after learning about all those different things, I, was, I actually kind of like had a, not a panic attack, but... Um, <laughs> It was, like a, it, like was, a, it was it was a panic attack. Like, 
It was okay. an anxiety, just yeah, like overload. It was, I guess it was anxiety. Mom knows. Overload. Mom knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I, I was there. I know right. what happened. It was more like a yeah, an anxiety overload. Overload because I didn't go to college for that. I was going to college to become a psychologist. I have a BA in psychology. And so, see how she just threw that in, just just so gently. We're gonna get to that. We'll we'll get to that. I got a lot of questions now from that. We'll, we'll be we'll get there. Just. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, you made me forget. Uh, okay, you was in school for psychology. Oh, yeah, so basically, I went to school for one thing. So while I was experiencing and learning about the deaf community and going to the events and meeting more deaf people, I started like gravitating to that and finding a love for that that trumped the love that I thought I had for psychology, and it actually made me hate psychology. So now <laughs> I, was, I was in school like, dang, like. I kind of want to drop out because I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, dang, but my parents have spent a lot of money on college. This is my junior year. Like, they are not going to be happy about me being like, I want to drop out. I didn't drop out. <laughs> she <but> did. <laughs> I didn't. didn't. But I ended up going to an interpreter training program right afterwards, which I just finished last June. Oh, dang, that was almost a year a ago. Year, yeah, almost and, a year ago. Um, I recently took the National Interpreter Certification written exam. So that I can uh, become a certified interpreter eventually. I passed the written exam, so I have a couple more steps to take. And uh, yeah, we'll just see where it goes. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice explanation. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, Bree, I wanted to ask. Uh, I know, kind of earlier in the interview, you mentioned uh, kind of the misconceptions about the deaf community. What are some of the, the big ones that you want people to know about, uh, just to educate our listeners a little bit about those mis common misconceptions? Uh, one misconception is, like, stop talking to them louder. That's not going to make them hear. Like, oh, hello, hurry. Like, that doesn't, like, they're still deaf at the end of the day. You don't need to shout out. Shout kind of like, kind of like speaking a foreign language. You saying it louder won't make them understand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Or, you know, you may have overzealous people who took ASL1 and then they see somebody deaf in the grocery store and want to help them pick out their canned goods. They're fine. They don't need help getting their canned goods. They can do it themselves. Mm. I know from experience because I was overzealous my, um, <laughs> when I was first in ASL. I'm like, oh, my God, I want them to know that I know sign language and I want to know if they need help. <laughs> they don't. They're fine. They're adults. They just need access to information. They don't need help. Um, another misconception I would say is they're dumb, even though like we may be like, oh my goodness, no, we don't think they're dumb. Yes, we do. We do. Even though we don't verbally say it, we show it in how we act towards them when we treat them childlike, when mm -hmm. we treat them, um, I'll just leave it at that, childlike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or when we try mm -hmm. to, when we patronize them or when we over help them, mm -hmm. we think that they're not capable and they are very, very capable. They're very smart. Um, they just, they're visual learners and you just need to break it down, not so much break it down, but just show them in their language what it is that you're talking about. Like, for example, we hear about the story about Adam and Eve, whether somebody is Christian or not, we've all grown up and heard about Adam and Eve. That's not always so common in the deaf community. We just hear things, whether we're paying attention or not, the deaf community doesn't. So if you have to go out of your way to actually tell them like, oh, hey, there's a sale at Burlington. Or, oh, hey, like, this is happening, this is happening, which is why information sharing is so important in that community. So we may look at it like, dang, like, you all in my business, what are you asking me so many questions for? But for them, it's like, I don't hear what's going on. So I need to know what's, what's going on. Tell 
tell me everything. Tell me about your divorce. Tell me about how much that car costs. Tell me who you who's the best person to go and get your taxes done from. That's very um what's the word i'm looking for i'm very, not sure but you're doing a great job i am yes it's very important it's very important i like that it's very important no here's the one that i thought you were going to bring up though because it's the one that that i i did when you over exaggerate your your oh, like when yeah. i when i did the, to the guy when we were there and this is the one that i have to work on because i have been taught well you guys i had i i have the expert right here and she told me you do not over exaggerate you know your lips when you're speaking to someone who's deaf it's it's, it's insulting mm -hmm. and when i was speaking to him i guess i forgot that he was that he was deaf because he could communicate um, with me yes. yes and when he when he was looking i forgot and i began going oh yes so when we and i was like oh I'm sorry. <laughs> letting, the, letting the world know what's going on. Yeah, it's like dumb. I was like, uh oh, oops. But it's gonna, it takes a while to unlearn those things. Right. If yeah. somebody has never interacted with anybody who was deaf, your automatic thing is, well, how do you learn? You can't hear. How do you communicate? How do you do this? And when you look at it as it's just a different language, then like the light bulb goes mm -hmm. up. Like, oh, we are the same. I'm just talking to you in another language. Sure. Yeah. So that was my biggest learning thing, not to exaggerate. Yeah, yeah no, it's all good. And and Bri, I know and you mentioned. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned some of the the equal rights, and I, and I'm sure some of the things you guys just talked about fall into that category of the equal rights. But is there anything else where you know it's like, oh man, this they're not treated the same. I know you said you know not over exaggerating things, not trying to do too many things for them. Like they're still independent people. But in terms of more equal rights, anything else that really sticks out where it's like, hey, this is what we can all do a little bit better, mm. you know, even though like you are kind of immersed in the culture, but anything equally where it's like, hey, we can all do this better where they, you still help them feel like a, a quote unquote normal person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would just say like if somebody comes in contact with a deaf person, you know, don't be afraid that they're deaf. And I know like to somebody listening to it, it's like it may sound silly, but no, like naturally, like we're afraid of things that we don't know about mm -hmm. simply because like we're afraid to offend, especially like in this culture, like you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing, you get mm -hmm. scrutinized very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so because you don't know what to do, instead of trying to figure out how to interact, you just don't and you just leave it there and you just dash off so i would say don't be afraid to make an attempt to communicate with that person that people are smart they can read they're educated get your phone out use your memo or your notes feature and type what it is that you need to communicate with them if you have a pen and paper write down back and forth hey if you know somebody on staff or whatever who may be more fluent than you in sign language say oh um, you know, some people, some deaf people, they can lip read. Yeah, that's that's another topic. Oh, hold on a second. I know someone who's who can sign, whether they read your lips or not. They know what it looks like when you're going to go get them help for, help for somebody who can um, interact with them using their language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it and it and sounds like you've you've really learned a lot with being a deaf culture merger being in in that space i'm interested what do you think is the most i i guess life applicable thing where you've learned from your industry where it has 
most significantly impacted you personally? Be, being in the space you're in, doing what you're doing, what is something that has really been like, hey, this is a life lesson, whether it's, it's deaf culture or X, Y, Z, this has really taught me this? Um, that's a really good question. I would have to say just, um, I think just my level of empathy in general mm -hmm. uh, has really expanded. Um, I'm very, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I'm, I'm very open to communities that are disabled. Um, somebody who's in a wheelchair, somebody who may be blind. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not afraid to make icon eye contact with them and smile and say hello mm -hmm. because you know people in wheelchairs or who have you know physical uh, abnormalities or whatever the case may be they can feel when people don't want to make eye contact but it's mm -hmm. but you know we've been taught oh don't look because it's rude and so mm -hmm. they can feel when people are like trying not to you know make eye contact but i go out of my way to make sure that i look at them and i say hello or i smile um, or I give a head nod or something. I'm like, I, that's something that I really make sure that I do because um, people want to be acknowledged, you know? True. And also, mm -hmm. I also um, make sure that I'm not like extra nice just because you're in a wheelchair or just because mm -hmm. like you're blind. I'm going to treat you the way that I treat everybody else, knowing, yes, there are some cases that you will need an accommodation in in the situation, which I will freely give, but I'm not going to. You know, if the deadline is Tuesday, I'm not going to give you an extra week. No, the deadline is Tuesday. Got it. Yeah, and, and that's good because it's, it's interesting when you say people just want to be acknowledged. Same with, like, you know, a homeless person or, you know, if you are passing someone in a wheelchair on the street, it's like, look at them, say hello. You know, even a, a soft smile goes a long way. So I, was, I was going to the grocery store the other day, and there's this homeless man. He's probably like, 20, 30 feet away from the entrance. And he goes, Hey, have a good day. And I was like, Hey man, you too. And like, but you know, calling him like, Hey man, like to me, that's a little more relatable of like, mm -hmm. it's not a, it's a little less disconnect mm -hmm. right. than, you know, I'm trying to help you feel like, Hey, you're one of the guys, you know, Hey man. Yeah. I really appreciate you bringing up the fact that people just want to be acknowledged, whether mm -hmm. it's a, a disability, uh, a homeless situation, whatever it is, you know, someone who's not as popular, uh, people right. just be, be known. So, so I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I think that's awesome that you, you've learned that to where it's, it carries a lot of weight to recognize somebody. Mm -hmm. You're so awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I commend your mother. <laughs> hey, self-proclaimed self mama's boy. Mama's know best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yep. Yep. I, I want to know. Uh, so what? I want to know like what each of you have taught each other. I know uh, like in each of your different projects that you're doing, your passions, what's one thing you've kind of taken from each other that's allowed you to be successful? Because I know, I know the, the, mom, the mom does a lot of the teaching because a lot more experience, but sure, it goes both ways at the same time. It does, it does. I have to be able to say that starting from when she was young, she taught me patience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Emphasis. Yeah. laughs> 
she taught me patience. But even more than that, uh, with her growing up and with us, you know, working together in the entertainment industry, she's taught me things in the entertainment industry. I have a background in entertainment, so I thought that there were some things, you know, that that I knew, <laughs> and of course there were. But entertainment, just like life, everything changes, and so even with entertainment, she's teaching me certain things. She's teaching me, um, you know, um, even as far as just different type of lingo and things. Things are different. So when I was doing entertainment, it may have been one way, that she's doing it as well. It's like, okay, yeah. I see that part, mom, but look at this over, over here or, you know, okay, got that. But now we're learning this right here. So I really, I really appreciate that because not only is she able to teach me, she's able to teach me in love. You know, it's not like, oh, I know something you don't know. It's collaborative. It's us learning together so that we can be better in what we're doing. So other than that, patience. Yes, that she has taught me. <laughs> and she's a very loyal person. And I, I appreciate that just person to person. Not so not even just mother-daughter thing. Person to person. Loyalty is hard to find, you know. And I appreciate her being such a loyal person that she's willing not to leave people behind. So you're pretty good. You're pretty good, kid. You're pretty good. <laughs> she's blowing you up, Bree. She's blowing you up. You keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, I would have to say I haven't been taught like I'm still learning so one thing that I am still learning from my mom is like when to be quiet because I just mm. and some sometimes I'm a typical female I just get too much information <laughs> and I, I'm just all the feminists are I'm coming out like, <laughs> I just you know the typical stereotype of oh okay okay you just, you just keep talking and i will talk myself right out of the opportunity because i'm thinking that we're behind i don't know like so i'm still learning like just when to reel it in and be quiet sometimes hello how are you is good enough of a conversation um another thing that i am still learning is to be graceful like and it's not that I'm not a graceful person, but I, I have it has been brought to my attention more than once that I'm a bit too direct. And if more than one person is telling you that, then maybe you should try to, you know, look at yourselves and, you know, try to make some adjustments. So I I can't say that I've quite mastered it yet, but just watching like how my mom interacts with other people, it really teaches me like how to better respond, how to still be, you know, um firm. But at the same time, not come off like not be a turn off to other people, because I never want to mm -hmm. be in a situation where somebody feels like that they can't come to me because my response is not may not be felt in love. And I never have ill intentions, but a lot of times things are never really what you say it's about how you say it. Mm -hmm. So I'm really learning, like, just to be more graceful in my tone and my delivery with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great, and and I'm interested in in some of the things that you've maybe practiced or tried to where people have given you that feedback, and where you know a lot of people a lot of people appreciate that bluntness. They appreciate that straightforwardness. Some people mistake it for being harsh or too mean. So, mm -hmm. how have you kind of found that balance to where someone wants to just say what they want to say, but not you know? in essence, be, be too much or go overboard with it? How have you kind of managed that or any, any practices or things that you've noticed where, hey, when I do it this way or if I word something a particular way this way, it helps me convey a little bit better 
and the reception is a lot easier too. Um, I have to say it varies based on situations. Mm-hmm. So at work, I'm just, I ain't saying nothing. I'm not, whatever, like, you know. But if it's like relational, like friend to friend or whatever the case, you know, I've just started asking, is this a conversation? Do you want advice? Or mm-hmm. are you just venting? Because okay. if you're just venting, you know, I'm going to be quiet. I don't have no opinion. I'm just going to be like, okay, okay, um, hope you feel better, you know. But if this is like an actual back and forth conversation or an actual, you know, you want some advice type thing, I'm probably going to say something you don't, you don't like. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me naturally. I just feel like if I'm a friend, and if I see you going down the wrong path, that's not a good friend to, like, not say anything. So it's like, I'm going to be like, yo, slow down with the alcohol. But maybe that's not the best delivery. But, you know, it's just that's just something that's natural. It's just like, yo, like, you're killing your kidneys. Like, you turn it into alcohol. <laughs> just relax. Have a drink once a week, not once every day during the week, you know. Right. Sometimes well, people just want to be an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, and I have to. It ain't my business. That's my friend's business. Sometimes you deserve an extra drink or two that day. You know? Sometimes the week is rough. Sometimes sometimes that bottle of wine is asking for it. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey. Um, I think that's really great in terms of asking someone, hey, do you want advice or you you just want to let it rip? Because, you know, in terms of, you mentioned, you know, it it depends on relationship-wise. If it's like significant others, sometimes someone doesn't want an answer. Sometimes people don't want you to fix it. Mm-hmm. They, they just want you to hear like, hey, there's yeah. a problem. It'll be fine, but there's, a, there's some shit going on. And so I think that's probably yeah, exactly. in, in you asking someone like, hey, do you want advice? Or you just want me to hang with you for a little while. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of power in that. So I appreciate you saying that because it's a – it's a simple thing that gets overlooked because we just, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So I think, right. That's, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well guys, I have to head out. I'm you have to so head out? Because I'm enjoying, yeah, I'm enjoying our time. Oh, that's too bad. I get to enjoy the Milan. See ya. You I'm see just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you guys so okay. much. I really Really appreciate this. I hope we can connect again soon. Guys. Thank you for joining She's going us. off thank to you. do what she does. She's going, going off to interpret. interpret. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, we that appreciate leaves, you. That leaves all of me for you guys. <laughs> oh, here we go, Shelly. We're going to get down to business ah. now. <laughs> um, so I am interested. Unfortunately, we didn't get to it. I know, I know Bree, she's got to save the world. But uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I'm interested, how, how does working with, with family, how do you guys make that work? Because I know there's a lot of situations where working with a, a friend or a family member doesn't always work. And, and, and Tim and I, we've been friends since college, and I think we, we do well in the sense that we communicate very well. If there's something like, hey, you know, it, is there something going on here? Or, or what's that? I said I was moving over to the side. Oh, you're so good. You're good. In the frame. There you're we good. go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm interested in how working with family with your daughter works. How you guys make it really be uh, productive and positive 
uh, because you hear a lot of situations where people work with family or friends and it, it goes south, you know, and yeah. you know, saying, you know, Tim and I, we, we communicate very well where we separate the, the business and the friendship where it's like, Hey, I love you. Like, is anything going on? Um, are you enjoying this? Are, are you know, are you swamped with something? Can I help with something? So how do you guys make it work as a, as family, especially mother and daughter, where there's that special bond to where it doesn't really take a sideways turn? Well, one of the things for me personally that I've always stood on is the relationship means more than the business. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I've always stood on. I stopped working with my husband because I chose to, to, <laughs> for us to have a good relationship. I had a nonprofit, a youth nonprofit. And I was like, you know what? Mm -mm. This whole, you know, husband, wife, business stuff, this is not going to be good for us. So we're going to have to re redo this. And that is the principle, even with, you know, even with my own daughter, the relationship is more than the business. And so that needs to always be at the forefront that if at the end of the day, this is going to cost us our relationship, then we need to re, you know, regroup and maneuver things again. And I think one of the biggest things that we have in our business relationship is respect for the business relationship. We never lose, lose the fact that we're mother and daughter. So we take that into, you know, um, the business side. So I'm going to respect you as my daughter, but I'm going to respect you as my fellow woman. And I'm going to respect you as my business partner. And I think that, that, that when you have all of that, it helps. Sometimes I have to pull rank because I am the mother. I have to be like, okay, now, <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> But I really do my best to respect her various hats. You know, at this moment, she, she's the producer, you know, or at this moment, she's the creative. Um, she knows more about this right now than I, than I do, or I know more about this right now than she does. So it's really about us being able to submit to each other's gifts, talents, and, you know, and our strengths. Mm -hmm. That's great. Because yeah, like we said about the hats too, because people, people don't always fit into one, like you aren't defined by one part of your life. So it's good right. to show respect to all of those. Yes. You know, I, I have to, I have to check her every now and then y'all, but it's okay. We get it back. <laughs> hey, hey, accountability is good. You got to keep it in line sometimes. You know? My mom keeps me in line too. She coaches me sometimes. It's all good. Look, don't let nobody know, but mine keep me in line too. But don't tell her that because it's all you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep that on the wraps. That's that's right. <laughs> did you guys uh, like when you when you first started to to really like truly partner in your in your business ventures? Like, did you guys set like clear expectations for the beginning, or was it more of like? kind of just learn as you go? Because obviously you guys have been around each other your whole life, but like, was there an extra like expectations you had to put on from the beginning? No, because we really had no idea that we were going to do this. My daughter went to school for psychology. I was doing speaking. Um, and so that, that was it. We had no idea that we were going to come together to work with one another. It right. just so happens that a casting director was asking her about how she was going to get people to understand more about the deaf community because she wanted uh, producers and directors to be able to communicate with deaf talent. And the person just kind of said off of the top of their head, have you thought about a web series? Had never given that any thought. 
But literally, my daughter got off the phone and she's like, hey, let's do a web series. And we're and, and just, you know, almost simple minded. We're just like, OK, knew absolutely nothing, had no idea, got online that day and began looking for crew. No idea how to how to really manage a budget. No idea of what every what it was going to take to do this. All we knew is, hey, we're going to make a make a web series, which is probably why I have six more gray hairs because we didn't line <laughs> everything out. <laughs> so we really did just kind of fumble and you know kind of just just went along. And so the rules, which aren't really rules, but they were established as we went along. It's like, okay, that doesn't work. You know, let's do this. Or it doesn't work well, you know, when I talk to you at this moment. Like, I learned very quickly. When we're on set, my daughter is in a certain mode. Don't talk to her. Just just don't talk. You don't know what she's going to get. <laughs> so just, just let her do it. When we go on break, then bring everything to her. You know, if sure. she snapped at you and, you know, snapped your head, don't talk about it. Wait till break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let her deliver the heat and then Let have the fun deliver, conversation. Yes. <laughs> but that was learned in the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, everyone's got their own creative, right? I'm sure when you get in a creative space, you're like, hey, right. I, I'm dialed in. I got this. Exactly. And she is really dialed in. You know, even yeah. some of her friends are like, you know, you scare me when you get like really zoned in because you're like, um, this is it. This is that. And let's get it done. So, yeah. well, well I, think, yeah. I think that's fun to hear because when, when you hear people, people get like super, super heated about what, what they're doing or super, you know, just focused on what they're in, it's, that's passion driven, right? So it's mm -hmm. very apparent to hear you and Bree talk about what you guys are doing because the passion really shines through where it's, Hey, this is this, don't fuck with this because this is my thing. Like yeah. th th this is what I'm doing with, with the world and this is why I'm supposed to be here. So, mm -hmm. and Tim and I just, we spoke with another guy this week where, you know, he, he's a professional knife maker. He makes specialty blades and it's just, you hear the passion. So it, it's very fun to hear like, Hey, this is it. But when you're in that creative space, it's not a, to your point, not a personal thing. It's a, Hey, right. I'm getting ready to deliver. This is what exactly. I'm supposed to do. So this is what you're going to get. It's like mm -hmm. Tom Brady, you know, his wife probably isn't texting him up until 30 seconds before the game. You know, he's, he's getting ready. So, yes. so it's fun to hear, you know, it's like, there's the creative, right? It's like, Hey, exactly. you gotta let them deal how they deal and they will deliver yes. the juice. It's nothing personal, but they have to be able to, to do it how they do it in order to get what they're trying to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so you, you mentioned you got your cer certification with, as a life purpose coach. Yes. And, and I watched your video on your site as well. And so I have might be a, a couple part question, but I really liked how you were telling your audience in that video that you are their collaborator, not their enemy. Yes. And so there, there is a lot of space in any space, whether that's speaking, that's deaf culture, that's health and fitness, sports, whatever it may be, there is so much room for everybody. Yes. And, and I want to kind of get to that message as well. But in terms of how you coach people, how do you work with psychology in the sense of it seems like with your coaching you need to get to the nitty-gritty of what is the root cause of something why are you really feeling 
this way? Was it something that when you were a child with your upbringing, was it something with a former boss? Was it something with a significant other? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you really dive into that level of depth uh, successfully yeah. with people as a life purpose coach? That is so funny that you would say that because when people think about purpose, um, they don't initially think about those things that you just said, that even where purpose is connected, we have to dive into things that are a little bit deeper. And so every person that I work with, I pretty much ask them the same question, and that's, tell me about yourself. And 90% of the time, when anyone begins to tell me about themselves, they start with titles. Mm. So every time I ask someone, tell me about yourself, they say, I'm a parent. I, I speak. I'm a coach. I'm a podcaster. So you give me all of these amazing titles and there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. So after they finish telling me those things, I say again, because they are wonderful. Those are great things. I love it. Now tell me about yourself. And a lot of the people I work with, they, they don't understand the question at first. So that's where the diving comes in. What did you like to do when you were a child? Where do you find the most peace? What do you love about yourself? How do you view you? So once we start breaking those things down, that's when we're able to begin cracking some of those things of why it is that you're fearful, why it is that you're bitter, why it is that you're angry because sometimes we just don't know because the one thing that we've never been able to do is tell someone about ourselves easy question but you'd be amazed how difficult the answer is oh i bet i bet um and, and yeah to your point that's a level of depth where most coaches aren't going to go and mm -hmm. so that's where you you kind of separate yourself with other coaches like hey we're going to get to the nitty-gritty Yes. You know, we're 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 going to get to that. So, um, how do you kind of market that to people to where it's not just them thinking, "Hey, it's another life coach," but it's like, "Hey, you're going to get something a little extra." Well, what ends up happening is is actually very funny. A lot of my clientele comes from from word of mouth, mm. and so a lot of times people are just able to connect with my story. I am pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, very, pretty much open. I let you know the things that have happened, you know, in my life. I help you understand that I really believe that life begins when purpose is found. And so just that, Ooh. just that line, people go, huh? Wait a minute. So let me, let me go back. What do you mean life? You know, that's when you begin to live life when purpose is found. So that's where a lot of my audience comes from, because a lot of my speaking is me speaking to life, to the life that's in you and it ignites people because they're like oh i didn't know that this is why you know i felt like this i'm i'm going to do a summit this weekend and my topic is going to be on your note we a lot of people have a problem with that just owning the word no no is a full complete sentence but we have a problem just saying no and so those are things that give us life so my thing is live life love life say no and you'll begin to, to really love life again when you begin to tell people, no, I can't do that. I can't be a part of this. My schedule doesn't permit for that. Small things give people life again. And that's really my message. We don't have to go, you don't have to climb Mount Everest, you know, to be purposeful. Some things are as small as taking back control of saying no. And with that, 
I have given you life, which is what I enjoy doing, giving you life through purpose. And now I've made that something purposeful in your life. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think that's, that's power. That is powerful. Take, take your power. Take your power. Own it. <laughs> yep. And w when, you, when you talk about that, like when you shine light on uh, like people's true passions like that, like the way you do, that creates like a safe, a, a safe space for them. That creates an environment where they're going to keep on sharing with you more things about them. And um, like what, what are some of the other things that you do in these conversations to make it so that it's, it's an open environment? Any special strategies that you do that or anything like that? One of the things that I, I really love, and I know, again, some of these things just sound really cliche, but I just love to be able to get online with somebody and just have simple conversation. Let's laugh for a few minutes. You do not have to come and sit with me and we go, okay, so now tell me your deepest, darkest um, secret. That's intimidating. <laughs> I, I'd be like, um, lady. <laughs> yeah. What are you about to bring to this table right now? Right? I'd be like, oh, I'm a little scared. I think I have the wrong office, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but what I love is an atmosphere where you could come in and there's fun music, you know, that relaxes you, where you could come in to somebody saying, hey, you know, how was your day? What, what happened today? What are you going through? Take your shoes off. Let's relax. Can I, you know, can, can I get you some chips, some this, some, let's just chill. We don't have to just jump into that. And then it's not mandatory for you to say anything to me in any session. If your session today is you just want to sit here and you have nothing to say because you don't know what to say, let's sit and look at each other. That's fine. It's about you finding you. And sometimes that doesn't happen on day one. Sometimes that doesn't happen on day two. Sometimes you want to feel me out a little bit. And, and, and I'm, I'm not insulted by that. Come, sit. Let's look at each other. <laughs> you know, whatever's going to put you in that space so that we can now break down those barriers and break down some of those, you know, um, some of those beliefs that may be true and some that may be false. Let's, let's, let's catch them and see what it is so we can get you to purpose. The ultimate goal is to get you to life and getting you to life is helping you discover purpose. That's my goal. If ever you come to me and that's not your goal, I'm not the coach for you. And I'm not insulted by that. My goal is to get you to life by helping you discover purpose. If you want anything else out of this, then I'm not her. And that's okay. And, and I think that's very, aside from professional, just very self-awareness in the sense of you're not going to try to give them something that you're not as familiar with or, or not your specialty to where it's not like, hey, you know, where – you know, I'm reading this book called Changemaker by John Berardi. He's uh, he founded Precision Nutrition, and he talked about being a case manager. And it's for trainers and coaches, but you know, where if you can't help them, you know someone who can, mm -hmm. but they still love you as a coach because you were able to give them that opportunity. You gave mm -hmm. them that freedom of like, hey, I can't do this, but I got you with someone who can. To where you know you're you're speaking where, hey, if if this is what you want this ain't it for, for us, but I, but I can send you here. But if exactly. this is what you want, I got your back. 
Let, let's if, let's go to town. You want to be if you're if you're struggling anywhere, if you don't know where you should be, if you're questioning your identity, if you don't know what you were created for, then here's the expert. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And if you think outside of that, here's not the expert. <laughs> right. And 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 Shelly, I'm sure you see. I'm sure you've seen the spectrum uh, of people and, and what's going on, you know, the thing behind the thing, but is there anything that really is the most common issue that you have found with clients of yours that is the big stopping point? Is there anything that's like, hey, this is probably the most common thing, whether it's an internal or external situation, anything that really sticks out where, hey, this is what I see a lot of. And mm -hmm. this is how we usually combat that to so maybe someone listening who's like, yeah, Yo, I just like, I, I feel this, but I, you know, what can I do to troubleshoot myself a little bit and anything most common relatable that you see is like, Hey, this is how we troubleshoot that. Yes. There are two things that are most relate um, that, that most people come and they're working on two things. One is fear, just mm -hmm. com complete fear. And it doesn't matter what level of that fear is. If it's fear, you know, just a rejection, fear that I'm not going to be accepted, just complete fear. And then the second one, which brings you back to fear, is um, wanting to please. So you want to please your family so much until it doesn't please you. Or you still want to please your, your deceased parent because you never became what they wanted you to become. And so now that's attached to you. So those are two of the greatest things that I see wanting to please to the point of it's destroying and the fear. And again, it could be the fear of many things, but to cap it all, it's the fear. And so what I do when we come to, to fear, which works the same, whether you're trying to please someone, whether it's fear, whether it's insecurities, whatever it is, is the first thing we do is we kind of knock down your belief system. Where did the belief come from? Where did you begin to get this? When did we start to internalize this? If you, if you have um, really bad self-esteem, then we're gonna go back to why do you believe this about yourself? Where did the belief system come from? And then how do we turn that belief system? Because even though we were taught to, to do things a certain way, to believe things, to, you know, to walk a certain way, to speak a certain way, that doesn't mean that that is the truth of that particular thing. Just because you walk faster than I do, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the way you walk. But I've just been taught that a slow stride is what works better. Mm. It doesn't make your way better than mine, but if I have a belief system that says you only walk a certain way, and now I wanna go outside of that, I begin to fight with myself because I'm trying to stick to something that I really don't understand why I'm sticking to that. Does, does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. So it's about challenging that and saying what things are really true. Like the sun is hot. That's the truth. Whether you believe it or not, <laughs> the sun is hot. So what things are really true and what things are true just in my upbringing, just in this belief system, just in what I've been taught. So we have the actual truth, and then we have truths that we've been taught. And some of those truths that we've been taught, we can challenge those things that aren't actual truths. And that's when we begin to break down fears, insecurities, 
people-pleasing, when we challenge some of those truths that may not be reality. Mm. That's, yeah, that's a uh, really good insight because it also reminds me, you know, I, I've talked to my mom. She's a healthy lifestyle coach, but helps with the, the behind the scenes too of, you know, we talk about what is so, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mom's kid. And so very empathic by nature. So it's, you know, what is so rather than playing the movies in your head, you know, people play these Mm -hmm. movies of whether it's based on a fear or an insecurity or something where it's, you know, what is the real situation? Exactly. And and, and don't go too far past that. Don't play Mm -hmm. the, Oh, but what if so-and-so does this? And they say this, and then we get in an argument about this. It's like, that might not even happen. Exactly. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of empowerment to, what you're getting at where it's like hey what is the situation what do i have control over what can i really mm-hmm. do to change this and that is what is so exactly and i think when we learn to separate those those things then we can really say hey this is what i want to take with me because we're always going to take certain things with us that we've been taught that we've grown up with we're always going to take those things because those things become valuable to us mm-hmm. but we have to also know that we don't have to take it all you know, my mom washes dishes a certain way. That doesn't mean I have to wash them that way. Did the dishes get clean? What is the <laughs> ultimate goal? <laughs> but in yeah. her house, under her rules, you know, this is how you do it because this is what's going to make it clean. That's the truth for that home. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it an actual truth. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and so I'm, I'm interested in, um, you know, some of, some of your, your teachings with, you know, figuring that out um, when, when people are kind of finding their, when it's like, oh, dude, I don't, I don't know what, what I'm fulfilled, supposed to do. How did you kind of go about finding that? Like, hey, this is what I'm called to do. It's not what everyone is called to do, but people mm-hmm. struggle with, finding their, like you said, life begins when you find your purpose. So how can people like, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, I like, I like skiing or I like playing music, you know, but you know, I can't build uh, a life around that, but, but they can. How did you kind of find your purpose and be able to turn that into kind of who you are is what you do now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I tell everybody, because I was that same person, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And being able to find out that my purpose is, is women and my purpose is for women to find themselves and their purpose. I was like, well, that's cute. So, <laughs> but one of the things that I, um, that, I, that I tell everyone in finding their purpose, which is the same thing that I have to do, is not to start so big. We're looking for something grand and large. Purpose is that thing that gives you life. Write down 10 things that you really like. That's it. Hmm. Write down, don't try to discover anything. Don't try to, you know, do, write down 10 things that you like. And I always say don't do more than 10 because when we give ourselves too much, we become confused. And to have 10 things that we like, that's a lot. That's a lot to work with. So you take those 10 things and then you score them. 
How much do I really like this? When I sat down and, and said, how much do I really like talking to people? That was like a 30 on a scale of one to 10. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how much do you really like, you know, engaging with women? Hello, because these were the things I love. I love engaging with women. I love talking to women. I love doing workshops. Um, you know, I love to write. And it came back to how much do you love each of these things? And after I began to score those things one through 10, the thing that was um, most prevalent was my desire to talk <laughs> and my desire to teach someone something. And so I'm like, oh, wow. So I'm not crazy. I, speaking is something that really is a part of me. Now, how do I hone that? Now, what do I do with that? But I think we jump and go, okay, now that I know that I love speaking, let me go make this career out of it. Just because you love something or enjoy something, it doesn't mean that that's what you're supposed to do. Now we have to go, go down the line and say, how do you feel when you do that? Because I enjoy writing, but writing for a living does not make me feel good. Mm. It does not make me feel creative, not as a, as a business to just write in a journal, oh, I love that, that, you know, that, that gives me a sense of calm. But when I scored myself, I knew, okay, writing's not a part of my purpose because I don't get a feeling of life when I do that. I get a feeling of, oh, writing for, for the, oh gosh, that's stress. So when we take it a step further, after we score ourselves, now to the side, we say, how do you feel? Do you feel calm? Do you feel anxious? Do you, do you feel excitement? Give yourself a couple, of, a couple of adjectives of how you feel. Now you're beginning to figure out what you really enjoy doing. Now is the time that we say, well, if you could do that for the rest of your life, what does that look like? So we begin to paint pictures now of how that would look. Who would you serve? If you could cook all day, how would that make you feel? And I have clients that sit and go, oh, I could cook and do this and do that. But they never understood that cooking is a passion and a purpose. You don't have to have three restaurants. Your cooking could be, oh, my gosh, I cook and I feed the neighborhood kids because their parents work late. That's purpose. And you being able to get up every day and cook for the neighborhood kids, that's life. So we begin everything just by writing it down. Mm. and scoring ourselves and that's going to open up the door to where we should be it's a process and people don't understand that purpose is not wake up oh i know because if it was that simple we'd all know it mm -hmm. right but it's a process and it's a process that's okay a lot of times we feel bad because you know you're 40 or you're 45 and you don't know your part you don't have to feel bad about that you don't know what you don't know why should I feel bad that I can't drive a bus? I, I can't drive one because I can't. <laughs> I haven't been taught. Same right. with purpose. You shouldn't feel bad. You haven't gone through the process. Mm -hmm. And it's just that simple. Got it. That makes sense. Because like you talk about painting a picture of what they want to be. And I can't remember where I read it, but it said like you become what you think about. So if you can like, if you can visualize what you want to achieve and visualize your passions, I think the biggest thing there as well is how can you figure out how to take your passion and use it to like create value and happiness for other people? Like you said, mm -hmm. cooking, cooking for the people in the neighborhood. I feel like that's 
that's like the next critical step that I feel like a lot of people go through. And I guess how, how do you guide people towards taking that passion and being able to create something uh, sustainable and meaningful for them that they can maybe eventually build a business around? Like what are some of the key things you think are important to making that connection of helping other people with those passions? Yeah, so one of the things that I do, um, I, I sit down with clients and I do a 30-minute assessment. So we do a, a power time and we come together, power, power discovery time, and we come together and we sit down and we go through the exact same thing. We're going to go through the list, but because it's only 30 minutes, we're going to do a short list and we're going to score those things. And then out of those things, what we're going to do is we're going to say, if you want this to be something profitable, we're going to go through and say, is this going to be a hobby? That's just just life, something that I love. Or am I looking for my passion to become profit? Because those are two different things. And no, neither one is right or wrong. Because in order to do a business, a business takes time, a business takes preparation, a business takes money, a, a business takes discipline. And sometimes we're just not willing to do all that. I just wanted to cook. I didn't <laughs> want all that. <laughs> so you need to understand what do you want from your purpose? Is it just for you to be able to have the sense of value in life, to be able to say, I'm using my God-given talent? Or are you trying to really turn that into something that's going to be legacy, which is legacy whether you're making money or not? Um, so we, we figure out that. And once we figure that out, we look and we say, what are three ways that we can get people to know that you're doing this? So it's a, it's a process that we take. First of all, do people even know that you cook? Well, if they don't know, there's really nothing we can do about that. So we're going to break down three different ways that people can just begin to know that you cook. Now with social me media, it's, it's almost easier than ever for, for someone to know what you're doing. And using cooking as an example, just to be able to get on social media once a week and show your favorite recipe. You know, hey, I'm going to do a, a video once a week on, you know, on Instagram live of my favorite desserts. Oh, you make desserts. Oh, I'll be giving away, you know, a free dessert. Subscribe. Um, follow me on Instagram and I'll be giving, giving away this free dessert, delivery free, everything. All you have to do is subscribe and then leave a comment after you, you know, have tried mm -hmm. my my delicious cupcake. Mm -hmm. Now we're building. So there's a process of even, can we make this profitable? And do you want to make it financially profitable? And once we do those things, then we're able to build a plan around your purpose. And usually um, I sit with clients for six to eight weeks so that we can build this plan together. And once you're done working with me for those six to eight weeks, now you have a plan that you can walk out and that you can begin to actually um, walk in purpose and be profitable from that, if it's what you want. If not, we look at ways that you can use it as a hobby and that where you'll be able to really feel fulfilled while doing it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Power time. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be powerful. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> So, so Shelly, it sounds like you, you, you really obviously get to the things that are required to make it, you know, especially if you want to turn your passion into profit. Um, what are some things that 
you as an entrepreneur have, have faced or gone through where, you know, thanks to social media, we see the nice cars, the private jets, we see all the, the glitz and the glam, right? And entrepreneurship is not always that. Sure, you can get to that, but it's not always that. Behind that is the stress, the phone calls, oh, yeah. the, deal, the deals that go wrong, the, the people that just grind your gears. So as an entrepreneur, what are some things that you've faced or challenged where you've had to really figure out, hey, this is, this is the trench work that people don't see, but this is what it's going to take to be at that level. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you even right now, I'm not the biggest social media person. Okay. So I, I'm not. So for me, my own personal thing is in the trenches for me is getting on that social media mm. um, and delivering delivering content people think that if you're a speaker oh yeah you know this is just what you do and it is what i love but social media is not very easy for me it's like okay now i gotta sit down now i have to do the videos now i have to you know chop the video da, 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 whatever it is that i need to do um i i would much rather grab my stuff go to a workshop set everything up interact and, and speak there let my videographer come record it chop it up whatever <laughs> versus me having to stay on, on social media. So those are some of the behind things and um, about entrepreneurship. You do the things that you don't necessarily enjoy doing in order to build the life that you, that you desire to have and to be able to give a gift to people that you desire to give. And so the behind the scenes are two and three and four o'clock mornings and then you have to turn around and be up at seven o'clock you know, for the rest of your day. The grind work is, is for some, you know, maxing out credit cards because they believe in something. The grind work is being able to be a part of, of other workshops that are going to strengthen you, you know, things of that nature. People don't look at the fact that you've spent money before you've even become um, the expert in your field. You've done work on yourself. You didn't just wake up. I didn't just wake up and decide I'm going to be a, a purpose coach. I didn't know where I was going. I was lost. I was in tears. I was frustrated. Um, I did work. I did my own work. I did my own um, self-discovery and things of that nature so that when I sit down with people, I'm not telling you things I read in a book. I'm telling you what I've done. I'm, tell, I'm telling you what I've been through. And so I think people forget that, that as entrepreneurs, whatever your field is, there are some hits that you took. Sometimes you've lost your money. You know, sometimes you've invested in things that didn't work out. You've trusted the wrong person sometimes. All of these things happen, you know, the second year, the third year, the fourth year, the fifth year, and now the sixth year you see my success. <laughs> but all of these other things happen before in order for me to become the overnight success. So it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> and, Long night. Yeah. <laughs> right. that, and, and that's what people need to hear is like 10 years for the overnight success because right. people, people see the, the good stuff that happens, right? They don't see the, just the, you know, you're grinding it. You're getting up early. You're staying up late. You're just, you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And you're just yeah. powering through it. Like they feel comfortable with whatever job, but you're just powering it. So I think that that's good for people to hear this. Like, Hey, it's, it's not as glamorous as, as social media makes it out to be. 
It's not. And that's wonderful. That's great. You know, when you make it, it's awesome. And for those that are trying to make it, it, it is wonderful to be able to see that. But I think it's so important that we look um, behind that and say, do you really want this? Because I think people need to understand it's okay if you if you don't. You don't have to have this glamour, you know, that you see all the time. What's glamorous for one isn't glamorous for somebody else. Somebody enjoys the glamour of their beautiful three-bedroom home where they can just sit on the porch in their rocking chair. Who's to say that that's not glamour? Mm-hmm. You know, so us trying to be other people and trying to match what they're doing, that's what gets us into emotional bondage. Yeah, yeah, good point where it's, you know, perspective. Perspective is powerful. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. And and so, Shelly, I know you're you're also an author, and you yes. say you're you're an author and speaker. And so, uh, maybe we can kind of tie these two together. But interested in how you have found a successful way to connect with your audience, both in speaking and in writing. What what is something that? How have you really found a way to resonate with others? Because I think that's a big piece in whether it's podcasting, you're writing, you're speaking, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the key and the gold is in storytelling and connectivity. How can you Mm -hmm. connect with people? So, and, you know, feel free, obviously plug your book, you know, everything of that nature, but uh, how how have you really found your way in speaking and writing to connect with an audience to where it's like, Hey, you know, I I feel this, like, I, I, I feel that. I know it's going to sound cliche-ish, but <laughs> really, yes. We're, we're an ish group. We love, we yeah, love the word ish. Yeah. <laughs> we make up a lot of words. Yeah, yeah. We're good at making shit up on our, on our show here. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I really think it's about showing up and showing up as, as you. I am, I, I'm not the, you know, sadity person. I don't get all of my words right. If I get on stage and I say, you know, gosh darn flipper flabber, that's me. <laughs> flipper flabber. You know, <laughs> what the flapjack, that's me. <laughs> you know, that's who I am. Um, being When me and my daughter are on stage together, being fun loving with one another, that's just who we are. And I think people know when you're full of ish, you know, mm. I think they know when you're not being, being real, this is just what you get. You, you get, you know, you get a five foot four black woman coming on stage with, with music, who's happy and excited. And if it's not a good day for me, you get that too. I let you know, Hey, I'm here today, but it's been a rough week. You know, I told my audience one day, hey, you know what? I had a whole speech and everything for, uh, prepared for y'all, but look, I'm tired and I don't feel like giving it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a couple of points and then we're going to move on to the next thing. Is that all right? <laughs> and, you know, but, but that's how it felt that day. I'm tired. I know yeah. I came in to do this and I'll give y'all some nuggets too. But right now, let's push forward. Because I just don't, I, I, I need a break real quick. I need to exhale real quick and then we'll come back. And so I just think when people can see someone, you know, um, who, who doesn't mind taking off the shell, you know, I, I've been a single mother, you know, um, I, I, I've had self-esteem issues. I come from an, from an absentee parent, all of these things. 
which touches other people. So for you to be, for you to look and say, well, I'm a single mother and I'm struggling too, but you are a single mother and you struggle too. And, and now you're okay with yourself. Okay. Then I can be okay with myself too. And I'm not one of those people who believe that you came to my event and now you're okay. That's not me. I'm, I'm not that hype hype person. I'm that work it out person. So when you leave from here, you might still be sad. I'm sorry, but I hope that while you were here, you were able to at least grab a couple of tools that will help you walk through that. And if you need my hand, then here it is and I'll help you. But I, I, I'm not the fix all. I'm not God. I'm not going to fix it all. But I can give you some tools that can help make it better until he does. Mm. It's great. And, and to what you're talking about of being real, that is real with people. Like yes. <laughs> you're not come you're not going to come to an hour speaking engagement and everything's soft. No. You no, know, there there is that and internal work where that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there is that internal work and that's where you come in as as yes. a one-on-one coach, you know. So, I think that's super uh important that people see that transparency of like, hey, th this isn't a fix all. This isn't like, you know, you go see Tony Robbins or they see you and it's like, "Oh, I feel better now. I'm good." exactly you know paid whatever it was and, and i'm solid so i think that's important to where people feel that realism of of a true coach like hey this is the real situation right and this it's is what is what it is like that. Mm -hmm. and and some people struggle it's just going to be a little bit more than other people you know some some people didn't have my struggle or some people you know they suffered through the same thing and and they were able to work through it a lot sooner everyone's different all of our journeys are different and we need to be okay with the way ours look. It's okay if you color outside the lines, it's your coloring book. It doesn't matter as long as you're able to see the colors. That's it. Well, that's good. Cause I sucked ass at saying in between the lines when I was coloring as a, as a kid. So <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Shell, I got a couple more questions and I want to make sure Tim gets his, his final thoughts in too and, and you as well. But, uh, you know, I'm interested in throughout your journey and experience as a coach and entrepreneur and, you know, everything that you do, you're a great mom, it seems. Oh, thank you. What, what are, you're welcome. What are, you know, maybe one of the top one or two biggest takeaways that you have had, like uh, the biggest impacts on you as, as Shelly from being, you know, a speaker, a life purpose coach, an entrepreneur, what are some things that you have found out about yourself that have really changed your perspective and like, wow, this, this is it. You know, um, I think one of the greatest things that, that I have learned about me is that I really have a genuine love for the people that, that I help. And I have a brokenness when I see other people who are broken. You know, um, I knew that I enjoyed helping people, but I, I didn't know the type of attachment that you, that you could get. And it's even to some point of where sometimes I have to kind of detach a little bit because I find that I become sometimes a little too involved. My heart just wants so much for you. I can't want more for you than you want for yourself. And so what I have found with me is I have to learn that balance sometimes. I gotta play that game of caring for you and being able to show you that I care, 
but leaving the responsibility of the work up to you. And sometimes that's, that can be a little difficult when you're a coach because you, you end up loving your client. And, but you have to know when it's time to break free from them. And I think that's probably one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn, that you have to break free from people. You have to let people go. You have to be able to say, I've done my part and this is where things end. So being able to learn that in business, I've taken that into my personal as well, that there's just sometimes it's not going to be. Sometimes we have to end this and it's not, it doesn't have to always be a negative. It's just that you weren't in my life to stay. You were in my life for a certain purpose. That purpose has been fulfilled. And now, unfortunately, we break away. Doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it's like, dang. But what it does mean is I, I'm not crippled by it anymore. I'm not sitting wondering, oh, my gosh, what did I do wrong? Oh, why, you know, why don't you want to be my friend? You know, so... <laughs> I've grown in that, in that way. It hasn't been a fun growth, but it has been a necessary one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it seems that oftentimes progressive growth is, is usually painful in some, some sense. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, but you know, that's, that's when you know you're getting, getting to it, right? Yeah. Like when it hurts, like, you know, it shouldn't always feel good. Yeah, but, and now, but, now that I have been able to, to reach that, when people walk away or go, it's not like, you know, a sad, it is sad, but it's not like something that I'm, you know, you know, just like mulling over and over. It's like, okay, well, I guess the time has ended, or I guess we're, we're, we're not in that place, or whatever it is, or business is not for us right now. As long as things are amicable, or as long as I know that I've done nothing wrong, I can, I can let that go. You know, business, clientele, personal, whatever, whatever it is. And I think that I'm a much better coach because of that. And, and that's awesome because you kind of answered my, my follow-up question to that in terms of acceptance of, you know, how can you accept when something or, you know, someone is, is not, not right for you? And that's where kind of what you just said in terms of you did everything you could. Mm -hmm. did everything you could everything in your power your control and the rest is what it's going to be but you did everything you could yes and and then it's easier to accept yes and so i, I think that's i'm glad you really hit on that because yeah that was my follow-up question how do you accept some of the things where it's like oh man it, it kind of told me this but i feel this way it's like did you do everything you could mm -hmm. and then we accept you know i did i did my part i can only do my part and I'm not going to, what we have to learn is doing your part doesn't mean you have to take less. Doing your part doesn't mean you're supposed to be hurt in the process. Doing your part is meeting that other person, you know, um, where they are and where you are, where you guys can be amicable and, and make things work. I can only do that for me. If you don't meet me, then there really isn't anything else for me to do. You know, I put mine all out on the table. You know, I've, I've done everything that I can do. I'm not going to harm myself emotionally in order to make this work. So mm -hmm. once it gets to that point or when we really see it's just not happening, then I have to be able to say, okay, it's okay. This too will heal. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. 
Um, yeah, I think I just I think a lot of people need to hear how how that acceptance kind of track works. You know, it's it's hard to you mm -hmm. like the idea of certain things, and it's it's hard to mm -hmm. make that peace. So it's how do we make it that is. peace? That is so true. It is. It's hard to make that peace. Mm -hmm. But in order for us to really be able to heal and move forward, we have to learn to be okay with it. Not I have to make sure you're okay with it. That's mm -hmm. not the end goal. The end goal is to make sure that I'm okay and that I can look myself in the mirror the next day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, Tim, uh, anything else you want to ask? Uh, Shelly, I think we're, you know, we're kind of wrapping up a little bit here. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we, we let Shelly go? Shelly, I know you're, you're a busy gal. You're uh, you're out saving the world, so we appreciate your time. But, uh, to, to I'm, many, I'm just gonna rub it in brief face how she missed all this goodness. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to really let her know, like, hey, this was we were spitting some fire. Yes. Like you really, mm, you missed it. You missed it. Uh, <laughs> have anything else for for Shelly before we kind of ask our, our final questions here? Yeah, you kind of stole that last one from me. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it for me, but. Uh, yeah, no, Shelly, I, I appreciate because uh, public speaking is kind of something that I want to do eventually in my life. So I appreciate you sharing what you did about that. And uh, it was good to hear that. Um, just, Colin, can I go ahead and go, go into the last question? Absolutely, then? brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless, Shelly, do you, do you have any other final thoughts? We usually have a, a regular last question we ask everybody. But any other final thoughts before I know Tim's going to fire away here? Um, well, I'm just thankful that I had an opportunity to, to sit down with you guys. I never take it lightly when I have an opportunity to speak to people. For your audience, for those who want to connect, I would love to be able to stay connected to anyone who really um, is trying to figure out where it is they're supposed to be, their purpose, walking through anxiety, having some issues with who they are. You know, connect with me on my website. My website is very simple. It's my name, ShellyMache.com. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook. And for those of you who enjoy entertainment, check out me and my daughter's web, um, web series on YouTube. It's called I Hear You Web TV. And check us out. Leave us a, a comment. Let us know what you think. Great. Awesome. And awesome. Thank you. Shelly, we'll, uh, we'll link all of that stuff into our like show description and show notes. So not, not only will people hear it on here, but... We'll, we'll publicize it um, when they pull up the episode. So we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely link you guys up. Uh, but my uh, my last question is obviously like people people don't really remember exactly everything you accomplished, but they really remember how you made them feel in the mm -hmm. process. Um, so we like to ask like when it's all said and done, uh, when you kind of moved on from Earth, how do you want people to remember you uh, when you're gone? Real and honest, mm -hmm. but honest with love. I think that when you're able to, to be real with somebody, but when you're able to sprinkle it with love, I think people are able to take that with them. I can say to you, you know, um, your, your hat is ugly. You know, and maybe it's true, maybe your hat is ugly. Or I can say to you, you know, yeah, I see that one. But that red one that you have, I really love that one because that one really does it accentuate your eyes. So that's my favorite. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that I like the one you have on. 
It just means by, by me giving it to you with some love behind it that you may accept it a little bit better. And so yeah. I hope that once I'm gone from here, the legacy that I leave is, is love, love with my children, my clients, for my clients to be able to say, she was honest with me, but she did it in a way that still made me feel valued. Mm -hmm. Great. I love it. That's awesome. Shelly, thank you so much again. Um, oh, and thank you guys. It has yeah, been yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I, we had a really good time. And, you know, thank you to Michelle. Uh, your seems like your manager, is that right, at, at Plugstar Entertainment? Yes, Plugstar, yeah. yes. Yeah, so please, please give give her a big thank you from us to for reaching out. And what we'll do is Tim and I, after we – kind of get off here him and i will record a two to three minute intro what kind of intro the episode will we talk about we'll kind of introduce you guys and i will or tim or i will send the final uh edit to her for your all's final approval and Thank our goal is to get too. this out yeah absolutely yeah we want to make sure we, we've had people on the show before where they've had other prior uh written things that that they were misquoted or something so we like to make sure that we give you you know your your first approval and things so we like to we usually don't edit as much we edit as little as possible but within the next next thursday or the thursday after that we'd ideally like to get this out and Perfect. as tim mentioned before it's on you know itunes spotify soundcloud all the majors and so uh we'll we'll do that as soon as we're done here but yeah th thank you you know to you, thank you guys. Uh, please give brie our big thanks as well and uh, I we sure really appreciate will. I your still time. hear her in there working. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's out saving everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys again. It was a pleasure, and I hope to connect with you guys again. Let's not make this the last time. I I, I love well, that. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we're out in Los Angeles next. I've never been Please. there personally, but yeah. we'll, we'll have to we'll have to connect. Yes, you guys got to come out here. It is burning up out here. I've been sweating the whole time. I'm like, can I have some <laughs> weather? <laughs> you, need to, you need to come to Indiana. We got some cold weather for you. Yes, okay. I do. I'd rather be cold <laughs> But thank you guys again. You guys have a right. wonderful evening. Thank you, Shelly. You do the same. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. Take right, care. Bye.